to the Hot Copy Podcast with your host Kate Toon and Belinda Weaver. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be sharing the secrets of successful copywriters, including copywriting tips, shortcuts, writing resources, interviews and laughs, all focused on helping you become a better copywriter. today's podcast. We are very excited to have our very first interviewee on board. Hello, Glenn. Greetings, Earthlings. How's things? Oh, it's so good to have you here. Well, the reason we asked Glenn to be our first interviewee is because he's a hugely uh, respected copywriter over here in Australia and probably around the world. And somebody who uh, Belinda and I have been uh, chatting with on social media for, gosh, about four or five years now, I think. Uh, So he was an easy choice to be our first person to talk all about being a successful copywriter. Um, So I'm going to hand over to you, Glenn. I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them all about yourself. Well, I don't know (laughs) how to top that. Um, (laughs) I'm uh, I'm a copywriter. I work from my home on the central coast of New South Wales, which is about an hour and a half drive north of Sydney uh, in Australia. And um, I've been doing this for about 13 years, I think, and I was um, a technical writer in the software industry for nine years before that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. There you go. I did that for a little while as well. Ah, well, we've got lots to talk about. (laughs) We do. We can have more in common than we realise, Glenn. Kate, you might have to leave for a little. Shall I just go? (laughs) (laughs) So... You've also ruined our first question, which was, what is your business? Where are you based? What do you do? And who do you do it for? You've covered all those things already. God. Well, yeah, kind of. My my business is Divine Right. I don't know if we covered that. Um, I do mostly web copy these days, although I still do uh, the occasional brochure and um, uh, scripts, press releases, uh, case studies, that sort of thing. And, And... uh, when I say web copy, I mean a lot of SEO copy as well, uh, although I think those those two things are kind of uh, becoming one. So who do I do it for? Uh, about three quarters of my customers are, are actually small businesses. Um, I do do a, a lot of work for bigger businesses, corporations and, and government, and th- they tend to provide a lot of jobs, but in terms of volume of clients, about three quarters are small business and I think that's because I I rank well in the search engines and get a lot of off the street um, traffic a lot of off the street clients okay well you mentioned you did technical writing in the software industry so what made you skip into copywriting (laughs) necessity Um, (laughs) my big mouth to be honest I uh, when I was in when I was working in in the software industry um, I just had one too many arguments with my boss and started looking for a new technical writing job. And uh, after six weeks, still hadn't found one because the bottom had fallen out of the technical of the IT industry. And uh, the, the junior jobs that were, that were available, I was overqualified for and and no one was leaving their senior jobs because they were a little bit smarter than me and they didn't open their big mouth. (laughs) Um, So it got to the point where I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm calling lots of people and I'm writing to lots of people. Uh, what else can I do? I've, I've done 
I've written a brochure. When I, was, when I was a technical writer, they asked me to write a company brochure at one point. I thought, well, what's that called? I think that's called copywriting. I'll, I'll tell people I'm a copywriter. So I um, actually called around and asked if anyone needed copywriting as they didn't need technical writing, and it turns out they did. A lot of people needed, uh, a lot more people needed copywriting than technical writing, so I, I set up a, a business that day and been doing it ever since. And I, so I guess this question, you know, the next question is about your biggest copywriting influence. Did you, did you have one? Like, you know, it sounds like to a degree you kind of stumbled into the, the career rather than it being a sort of decided career choice. But did you have, were there any people when you started out that you looked to for ideas and advice and things? I mean, I've always been a writer and um, writing copy was surprisingly similar to writing for technical uh, writing, so no, I don't. I don't really have any uh, copywriting heroes or idols or anything like that. I've not really, I've not really paid much attention to other copywriters. Um, I've read a few books, but mostly around the business side of copywriting. So, for instance, I've read Bob Bly, uh, one of his books, and that was interesting from a business point of view. Uh, I've also read a bit from Joseph Sugarman and uh, John Caples, but but really looking at them because it's all American, a lot of it doesn't really apply uh, in Australia. I don't think, and it certainly I don't like a lot of their style. Uh, so I I really read about them and and read their material because they had been successful, not because I liked them. Um, I agree with that that difference in style. I know um, a lot of people say to me, oh, you must love this copywriter and that copywriter. And I'm like, I, I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> should, I, should I know? Everyone bangs on about Bob, Bob Bly and, and I've actually I've actually won the Cables Award, um, but I have no idea. I've never actually looked into who the hell he was. So, um, you know, and I'm not, I've not read Ogilvy and I've not read – any of them really I, I, I'm sort of similar to you Glenn I just kind of get on with it really um and you know in recent years I've sort of befriended more workaday copywriters but no sort of big influences for me either yeah well I think I don't know I, I think that's part of one of the one of the things that I, I think is kind of lacking in copywriting uh, particularly amongst the most of the aspiring or junior copywriters that I speak to um, maybe lacking is the wrong word but I feel like there's this overemphasis on doing things the way other people do them um, yeah that you've got you you have to look at the data and 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 see what works and particularly from a user perspective or a reader perspective you have to know what works but you also have to Trust your instincts. Go with your gut and be creative. Be bold and and do what you think will work because you're not stupid and you're a writer. So if if, if you're good at writing, you, you tend to write write good anyway. <laughs> no, but I th I think he, I think it's a really uh, a really interesting way of putting it. Like I always feel like I've kind of blundered through my career, making it up as I go along. And I think we've probably the three of us have done the same. So I like I love this idea of trusting our instincts. That's a much better way of looking at it. Yeah, totally. You don't need to ape anybody else. So 
So, Glenn, as you've um, trusted your instincts through your career as a copywriter and, and building up Divine Right to be what it is, have you made any kind of big mistakes and, and have they influenced you in any way? Well, look, I make mistakes every day. Um, I think probably the biggest mistakes I've made um, were, well, firstly, outsourcing. I originally had this grand vision for world domination, you see. So I would, um, in my in my vision, I would have a team of copywriters doing all the work and I would just smoke the cigars. But uh, it, never, it never happened. And, and when I actually tried to implement it, I always just found that um, no one ever did the job properly. So when I outsourced to people, I don't know whether it was because they were uh, not, not as good a writer as I thought. Um, I think that's part of it. But also because they, they just don't care as much because it's not their name on the line. Uh. And previously I had, you know, on my about page, I had four or five people listed there and presented my business uh, as a little bit bigger than it is. Um, thinking that that would be a good option. And then when it didn't work out for me, I thought, well, this is, this is a bit crazy. And I'd, I'd had a few people asking me, a few clients asking me as well, uh, do you do all the writing yourself? And then some people said, oh, I don't want those other people doing the writing. I want you doing it. So I thought, well, I'll just I'll ditch that model altogether and I'll just say front and centre that I do all the writing myself. And, and that, that's when I also switched from um, presenting divine right as a we to presenting it as an I. So talking about myself rather than us. And I think that can be a really good point of difference that that new copywriters sometimes overlook. They they feel like they have to look like a big business when in actual fact saying that the personal attention you get from just having one person, the owner of the business, write your copy is a real competitive advantage. Yeah, and I've, I've done exactly the same thing as Glenn. You know, I've definitely tried subcontracting work out. And it's just more trouble than it's worth. You end up rewriting it all. And, you know, not just the quality of the writing, um, you know, and again, we might cover this in a future podcast, but, you know, uh, hitting deadlines and, and delivering things as you want them delivered sometimes seems to be a bit lacking. And I just found it more stressful. So I'd rather just write it all myself. So I'm with you, Glenn, on that one. <laughs> Moving on to the next question, uh, which is kind of to help out any sort of copywriters who are listening, who are looking for some good resources. Are there any um, resources that you use regularly, um, like tools or, or sites or books? Uh, there's most of the books that I've relied on or, or enjoyed in the past have not been copywriting related um some of them were were books that i picked up in the technical writing world like uh, uh minimalism beyond the nuremberg funnel uh, which which talks about writing the absolute minimal amount of copy that you can get the absolute minimum um or in that case they're talking about technical writing but it, it applies in copywriting too um other books that i've enjoyed are things like Predictably Irrational by Dan O'Reilly, uh, and more because that's about biopsychology. You know, things like No Logo by Naomi Klein, Groundswell. I read a little bit. I haven't actually ever finished any of those books. I kind of got about halfway through and <laughs> just uh, kind of wandered off. But I did find there was some really good value in them. But 
I do tend to use um, a fair few tools, um, particularly for domain naming or business naming. We'll have um, to reckon, um, we'll have to include a link to that mega post you did recently. Was three hundred million yes. thousand tools that you use? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and those I, I do like. I do like my tools. I I rely heavily on systems a little bit there to um, mostly there to to supplement my lack of creativity. <laughs> so you've touched on kind of maybe your routine around your lack of creativity, but what's your writing routine? So when you start a project, how do you get ready to write? What's the whole process until you're done? That's that's really really hard. I, I always find when I get a new job, I'm I'm really I stress about it really badly because I, I don't know. It's it, sometimes I just feel like I'm never going to be able to do this. And I've been doing it for 13 years, so I know, I, you know, academically, I know I'm going to be able to do it. So I just kind of start. I'm assuming now that I've got all the information I need to start. Um, I create a document using my copy deck template. I name the file. I put in the section headers so I know what pages I'm writing. And then I save the file. And then I feel like I've achieved something already. So it kind of gets funny. I, I do. I do exactly the same thing. Like go me too. To really minor things like add the brand name here and change the phone number there and do all that kind of formatting stuff that's not creative at all, but it means I've done something. I've started. I've broken ground. So I'm the same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of it does break that terror grip a little bit. And then after that. I do try to start with the high-level information first. So I, I like writing homepage copy the best. And when I start on the homepage copy, I generally start with the headline. And the headline I write first usually isn't the headline I end up with, although it can be. Uh, and I, I try to start as dumb as possible as well. So I'll read the absolute minimum I can to understand the general offering and who, who it's for, what they do and the crux of the offering so that I don't focus on the wrong things in, in the homepage because it's really got to, the homepage has to nail the, the general domain. It has to be, be generic enough and, and high level enough that people will understand, oh, okay, that's what they do. And then you can get all the detail later. That's a really good tip. I, I often write the homepage last, but I can see the benefit of not having a thousand details bouncing around in your brain um, because you're right, the homepage does need to say this is who we are and this is this is how we can help you. You're in the right place. And it's really easy just to pull in more and more and more explanation. Um, so I've got a random question now, and this really is Belinda's question, but I'm going to ask it because it's a bit weird. Do you have a writer's fetish? Now, take that however you want to take it. But... <laughs> you don't know how dangerous that is. Exactly. Keep it clean. <laughs> ah, fetish. Writer's fetish, Glenn. Oh, that's sorry. Writer's fetish. Ah, uh, no. Look, I don't know. <laughs> I think the closest thing I could say to having as a writer's fetish would be that I, I'd love to write copy a little bit more in a, in a real voice. Uh, I wish clients were more open to the sorts of things that I think readers are open to. 
I think a lot of clients are very risk averse naturally and, and very conservative because they had English teachers. Uh, so, you know, even minor things like having, having clients who don't want you to start a sentence with a conjunction because that's what their English teacher told them at school. I mean, that's a really minor example, but it, it's, a, it's a really, if, if I'm told that I can't start a sentence with a conjunction, I find that it really hobbles me. It's, it makes it very difficult for me to, to write properly for that job and to string my ideas together. And I do feel that it, that it um, undermines the cop, compromises the copy. So, but, that, but that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. I'd like to be able to, if your audience is okay with it, you know, swear in the copy. If that's what your audience wants to, wants to see, then do it. If they want bad jokes, include bad jokes. I know that humour is always uh, touch and go, but if you know your audience well enough, particularly if you're in a real niche, take some chances, be bold in the copy. And I know I'm using those as examples, swearing and, and jokes. They're just examples, but just, just be real, be more real. Try more creative approaches in the copy. Don't just use the same rubbish that everyone, everyone else uses because everyone else uses it. So it's not so much a, a fetish as a perversion. I really find that that's what I'm always tempted to do and what I'd love to be able to do. And it, it frustrates me a little bit when clients are a little bit um, too conservative for their own good. Yeah, I think this is something Kate and I have uh, talked about where we are both uh, very excited when we have a client who wants to be bold and has the courage to have a truly unique voice. It's exciting yeah. to write and it's exciting to read as well. Kate's was – now you have to say this, Kate, because Well, because I think well, maybe I took the question the wrong way, but mine was I have to have aniseed balls. I have a big, big, giant jar full of aniseed balls that I – suck on when I write copy god that sounds so bad no, I <laughs> but I didn't said it's a G rating yeah but they're just sweet so I have to have my sweets maybe it's the sugar but it does make me write better copy so hey that's my fetish don't judge oh look if we're talking about stupid uh, habits I, I'm it's not stupid in... it's no, no, no. <laughs> no I was thinking ahead to what I was going to say Kate okay. honestly um I'm sitting here spinning my uh texter I've got a, a chisel point whiteboard oh it's actually a permanent marker and it's really well balanced and I spin it around my thumb I've been doing this since high school um but this this particular texture it's like a comfort blanket for me I I I can't I can't think without it when I'm writing and I I can't consider a client brief I can't sit on the phone and talk without it I even walk around the house if I'm on the phone to a client I'll walk around and I'll spin this in my other hand. And similarly, I can't write well if I'm not on my keyboard. So I can't write very well with a pen and paper. Yeah, see, I think that's your real writer's fetish. Yeah, me too. That The, the weird pen thing. The crazy that, pen thing. That's, we want the crazy pen man with the beard. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we were after. That's what we were aiming for. Right. So, Glenn, well, there you go. I delivered in the end. You got there in the end. So, if you, you know, we've been talking about, you know, some of the things during this conversation about new copywriters and aspiring copywriters. If you, with all your experience, could give one tip, just one tip to a new copywriter, what would it be? It's it's such a tricky one to nail down. One, what you need to be able to do is to 
have absolute confidence in the way you write and and take ownership of your idiosyncrasies and and the mistakes you you make deliberately like um, the, the not mistakes the rules you break deliberately um because typically it's the rules you break deliberately that that differentiate you from other writers i think that's i think that's a good tip. i love that i think that's a really great tip so we're, we're, nearly, we're done pretty much. Those are all our questions, I guess. So yeah. we kind of wanted to finish up with um, telling our listeners how they could connect you, so where they can find you, um, what's your web address and all that kind of stuff. My web address is divinerite.com.au. So, yeah, you can find me there. Um, which social media networks do you tend to find yourself on the most these days? For me, the three big ones are Twitter, Google+, and Facebook. Um, Twitter, and I, I'm at divinerite on Twitter. On Google Plus, I think I'm Glenn Murray copywriter, something like that. Um, and on Facebook, I have a, a Facebook page for Divine Right. I think it's just facebook.com forward slash Divine Right. We'll share all the links to all your different networks on our show notes at the bottom of this week's podcast. Anything you want to add, Belinda? Excellent. No, right, I'd just well, like to thank Glenn for his time. And the giggles and the advice and telling your story. I think it'll be really helpful for uh, new and aspiring copywriters and even old jaded ones like us. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. Thanks ever so much, Glenn. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It was nice chatting to you. Nice to put a, a voice to the name, Belinda. Yeah, right back at you. <laughs> well, that's it from us. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Your review will help other copywriters find us. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. Until next time, happy writing! So maybe start again, who do you do it for? And just cut it short. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've finished. <laughs> yeah. The Skype ran out uh, of juice. So who do I do it for? Um, I, w- I would say that about a half, nearly a half of my clients are small businesses. Um, actually, more than half. About, Jesus, I give up. Okay. Okay. Oh God! Should I just answer it for you? No, because I just looked at the graph, and it's actually more than half. Put, put the statistics okay. down, Glenn. Down, step away from the graph. Well, yeah, I've taken you... my second jumper off. I'm ready to do this? Can do it for the love of God. <laughs> okay. That's enough. Belinda, we're going to have to include all of this with your giggling in there. <laughs> I'm going to snort soon, so I'm, I'm going to mute my own. I'm so <laughs> muting myself. <laughs> I just hope at some point you find out who the hell you do it for. Jeez, bye. Bye. <laughs>